Welcome back to The Common Christian Diet. Music credit for that intro goes to Debbie Forrest, and you can find her on Spotify and iTunes. I'm Paige, and I'm excited we're about to kick off the most important episode so far called Meet Your Personal Trainer. Now, if you're tuning in for the first time, I've been getting things primed for this moment, so I hope you'll go back and start from the beginning. It might seem weird that if Jesus is so important, why did I wait until the fourth episode to introduce him? I have been setting the stage for how little most of us really know about him. I called myself a Christian for decades without understanding what it means to follow Christ. I hadn't even put together the fact that the word Christian means Christ follower. It was like, well, have you ever had one of those aha moments that's really embarrassing? You know, like one of those I was today years old when I learned memes? The salt and pepper shaker one is my favorite. Never one time in my life did I question why there were ridges on the bottom of each shaker. If you don't know what I'm talking about, definitely go look that one up. The solution to putting the perfect amount of salt or pepper on your food was literally built into each shaker. Yet most Americans still vigorously wag them over their plates getting too much salt and probably not enough pepper. So if the solution is so simple, why don't more of us know about it? Well, if our parents wagged the salt and pepper shakers over their food, chances are we do too. And most of us have never bothered to ask the question, why are there ridges on the bottom of each shaker? It turns out there are lots of good questions we just don't bother to ask. I had a very embarrassing aha moment at one of my son's high school football games. He was playing varsity football just south of Houston. And let me tell you, Friday Night Lights in Texas is everything it's advertised to be. The stadiums are massive, there's cheerleaders, dance teams, mascots, and when the band puts on the halftime performance, they span the entire field. The scoreboards could rival that of any college stadium, airing commercials, highlights, and updates for all the other local football games. It's very fun and exciting, and I highly recommend it. So I'm in the stands when the drill team for my son's school, the Emeralds, take the field. I'm watching them perform their kick routine in their little cowgirl boots and hats and their green and white sparkling uniforms when it dawned on me. Oh, that's why they're called the Emeralds, because the school colors are green and white. Yes. Seriously, we were probably halfway through the season and I had seen their kick routine at least five times before this thought entered my mind. Now you might be thinking, wow, they must have been giving out engineering degrees for free the year you graduated. But I think these moments highlight that it's not necessarily a measurement of intelligence. It's often about not asking the right questions. I know emeralds are green. I didn't lack the knowledge. I just never bothered to ask the question on how they got their name. The drill team was announced, Clear Falls Emeralds take the field, and it just sounded right. Now maybe if they were called the Blue Bonnets, I might have pondered it a bit more. I share that story as embarrassing as it is because there are numerous things in Christianity that just seem right to people. I want to be able to start talking about Christianity without making it about intelligence. Whether or not we grow up in church, many of us are simply just not asking the right questions. We want to argue about who's to blame in the garden, Adam or Eve, but when it comes to Christ dying on a cross, some of us are just like, yep, that happened. I saw Jesus as this historical figure, but I never asked myself why his sacrifice was so significant. When people said things like, Jesus died for the forgiveness of sins, I thought, great. It sounded good to me, so I didn't ask any more questions. 
I knew Jesus is the reason we celebrate Christmas and Easter, but most of my life I celebrated those holidays much like I celebrate the 4th of July. I'm grateful for the sacrifice, but I don't have any personal connection to George Washington or Thomas Jefferson. When I think about the 4th of July, I'm really only focused on the barbecue and fireworks. And sadly, for many years, Christmas and Easter just meant presents and chocolate bunnies. So getting back to our real topic, I'm excited to use this episode to introduce Jesus and begin to explain why he's so important. The title of this episode is Meet Your Personal Trainer. I'm going to walk through several examples of real-life personal trainers and the impact, both good and bad, they could have on your life. Then I want to show how Jesus is the perfect trainer. Imagine a spectrum that ranges from accurate information on one side to personal interaction on the other. On one far side is someone who knows health. Imagine a personal trainer who has incredible knowledge about exercise and nutrition. They know how the body metabolizes food, how to do a perfect squat, and every healthy way to prepare chicken you could ever want to know. But you never get to interact with this trainer. You only have access to their YouTube channel and what they post online, and they don't take questions from their audience. They may be putting out amazing information, but it's a one-size-fits-all approach. They put out a weekly diet plan, but you're allergic to eggs. They post morning exercise videos, but you just had knee surgery. They recommend working out first thing in the morning, but you work the night shift. Their information isn't wrong. It just may be difficult to customize it to fit your situation. So you pick and choose some of the recipes, do a few of the exercises, and tell yourself it's better than nothing. Will it be life-changing? Probably not. On the other side of the spectrum is someone who knows you intimately, but lacks necessary information. Imagine you are trying to lose 30 pounds before your son's wedding, so you ask your best friend to be your personal trainer. You are motivated. Your friend is motivated. The problem is, as much as your friend wants to help you, they know nothing about creating a diet and exercise plan. They know about your egg allergy, but don't know how many grams of protein, fat, and carbohydrates you should be consuming each day. They know your knee is still sore, but don't know how to correct your form when you're doing a weight-bearing exercise. They know you're not a morning person, so they try to motivate you with a double caramel macchiato coffee drink before your workout, which probably has more calories than you're even going to burn. So overall, your best friend trainer may not be helpful even with the best of intentions. Now, you and your friend can do a bunch of research online about diet and nutrition to improve your knowledge, but how do you know what's real? How do you decide what will be most helpful for you? This article says keto, but that blog says people aren't getting enough carbs. This fitness expert recommends weight training four days a week, but this trainer says do more cardio. Then what about organic food? Good fats and bad fats, cholesterol, sodium, hormone levels, and what the heck is tofu made of anyway? So you and your friend pick a path that seems right to you and move forward. Will it be life-changing? Usually not. Now remember, both of those examples are the extreme ends of the spectrum. I am absolutely not saying that an online trainer can't be helpful or that your best friend is some sort of idiot. I'm suggesting that the places we turn when we need help aren't always helpful because they lack either knowledge or personal interaction. Now let me flip this to the religious side with the same extremes from accurate information on one side to personal interaction on the other. And I'm using the word religion here on purpose. On one side of the spectrum, you've got the experts, preachers, priests, internet pastors, church leaders, etc., These people went to seminary to learn the Bible. They learn Hebrew, Greek, 
Jewish traditions, the history of Israel, and more. They preach to the crowd and they hope their message reaches people, but the message can't be personalized for every person who hears it. The message might be powerful and accurate and completely true, but it won't always feel personal. It's like going to church and thinking, wow, great message, then going to IHOP and forgetting everything you heard. It can be true, powerful, and accurate and still not be life-changing because it's difficult to customize the information for our individual needs. Sometimes we don't even think the message applies to us at all, and we're nudging the person next to us, making sure they're paying attention. Did you hear that? The Bible says you need to love your neighbor. So flip back to the opposite side of the spectrum to the best friend who knows you better than anyone else. You have a problem and you want advice. Your best friend knows everything about you, but let's assume they don't know scripture. Their advice will sound great because they are going to tell you something that makes you feel better. They care about your feelings, so their motives will likely be skewed towards your comfort and not towards scripture. That may not sound like a bad thing, but trust me, chasing feelings and following Christ are generally not moving in the same direction. But even if your friend did a bunch of research online on how to handle your problem in a Christian way, how do you know what you're reading is right? This book says God wants you to be happy, and that sounds good to me. This blog says, in order to follow Christ, you have to take up your cross. And I don't know exactly what that means, but that sounds right too. And you can basically find anything out there you want to hear. Want to leave your spouse? Someone will tell you God wants you to be happy. Want to get back at someone for hurting you? Well, isn't the saying an eye for an eye? Want to have an affair? Doesn't it say Jesus forgives all sins? And whatever situation you pick, you can find an article, Christian or otherwise, that will support what you want to do. But will it be good for you? Will it change your life for the better? The reason I wanted to point out this spectrum with both extremes is because I want to demonstrate why we need both knowledge and relationships to grow spiritually. Jesus is the only person who is an expert at everything and knows absolutely everything about us, even the stuff we try to hide from him. He doesn't always tell us what we want to hear, but he never gives bad advice. I look back on some of the biggest decisions I made in my life, where to go to college, my first job, marriage, buying a house. I did what seemed right and then asked God to bless it. When I prayed, I always had my plans all mapped out and then I just told God what I wanted to do and asked him to make it work. It would be like if I hired a personal trainer and then handed them my version of a diet and exercise plan. What if I told my trainer, I'd like to lose 30 pounds, but I still want to eat fast food and pizza three nights a week. It sounds ridiculous, but my prayers were just like that. I was praying to my Lord and Savior like this. Lord, I'm about to go partying with all my friends, so please get me home safely. Was God okay with me going to this party? Did he care if I got drunk and danced with a lampshade on my head? I didn't know. I never bothered to ask. My biggest problem was that I didn't see Jesus as my source of knowledge or as my friend. I wasn't seeking his wisdom, and I definitely didn't want his opinions on my day-to-day business. I was getting all my knowledge from the classroom and the internet, and I was getting all my advice from my friends, whether they knew what they were talking about or not. Today, Jesus is my go-to for everything. I realize he knows everything about me and my situation. He knows my past present, and future, and he is the only one who knows the best answer to my problems. I can do lots of things that seem right, but it's like telling my trainer what I think I should be eating and then getting mad at her when I don't lose weight. Putting Jesus in charge of my life was a process, a long process. 
Just like any relationship, I had to get to know him and learn to trust him. And I had to learn to listen to him. Real life personal trainers don't tell us what we want to hear. They tell us to limit our sugar and drink more water. They reach down and adjust our ankle to keep our knee in proper alignment. They tell us to go deeper into our squat until our legs are shaking. They push us to do more than we think we can, to lift more than we ever have, to run farther, jump higher, and find the strength to do just one more rep. And if a real-life personal trainer can do that for us physically, just imagine what Jesus can do for us. He is all-knowledgeable and all-loving, and he never gives bad advice. Now, if Jesus is the answer to all my problems, why did it take me decades to meet him? Well, one reason is I never bothered to ask the right questions. I had knowledge of Jesus, but I didn't know anything about Jesus. I saw him as a historical figure and not as a living God. I didn't really think his teachings from 2,000 years ago would apply to me today. I didn't try to understand why he had to die on the cross or how significant his resurrection was. I never bothered to ask the questions, does everyone really go to heaven? Why do Christians make such a big deal about reading the Bible? Can I really have a relationship with Jesus? A lot of people think they have a relationship with Jesus just because they go to church. But remember the spectrum on knowledge and relationships. I love going to church, and it's a great way to gain knowledge. But if all I do is listen to a sermon and go home, I could go to church my entire life and never get to know Jesus. Jesus doesn't just want us to have knowledge from a sermon. He wants us to be in a relationship with him. He wants us to seek him, to learn about his life on earth and who he is today at the right hand of the Father. Jesus wants us to spend time with him every day. And Jesus wants to be the trainer of our lives. He wants to be involved in all our decisions, our jobs, marriages, or parenting techniques for not killing your children when they become teenagers. One of the biggest reasons more people don't get to know Christ is because they don't like how Christians act. I don't want to go to church because of all the hypocrites, or religious people think they're so much better than everyone else. But when I began to study the life of Jesus Christ, I learned Jesus didn't much like snobby religious elites either. When Jesus walked the earth, he went toe-to-toe with the Pharisees and other religious elites all the time, and he called them out. Now, Jesus never sinned, but he also never lied. He called them brood of vipers, he called them hypocrites, and he told them the prostitutes would enter the kingdom of heaven ahead of them. This problem still exists today with modern-day Pharisees who think because they go to church they can look down on others. But that is not what Jesus taught. The things about Christians that people don't like are the parts of us that are not following Christ. Jesus taught us to be humble, not arrogant, to love others, not despise them, to serve and not expect anything in return. It's a good time for me to mention again, I called myself a Christian for a very long time before I knew what Jesus taught. If people looked at my life back then, I was actually a terrible representative of Christ, and there's a chance that my behavior is the reason that someone doesn't know Christ today. It is my hope that all believers will stop and ask the essential questions. Who is Christ? How can I get to know him? What did he teach, and how does it apply to my life today? Then, even when they see Christians behaving badly, they will still want to know Christ and to follow him, because Jesus is perfect. Instead of a Bible verse, I want to finish this episode with a few characteristics of Jesus. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. 
Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies told about him beginning a thousand years before his birth. Jesus was fully man and fully God. Jesus is part of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus was the only man who walked the earth who did not sin. But Jesus had all the emotions of man. He loved people. He had empathy. He got angry, tired, frustrated, and hungry. He needed time alone to rest. He spoke against blindly following the rules of religion. He taught us to love God the Father above all else and to respect authority. Jesus performed miracles and healed many people. He walked from town to town for three years teaching anyone who wanted to listen. What Jesus taught was radical and didn't align with the culture back 2,000 years ago any more than it aligns with our culture today. Many people believed in his words and many people walked away from him, but Jesus spoke only truth either way. Jesus is the lion and the lamb, a humble servant and the king of kings. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving. Jesus suffered and died for the forgiveness of sins for all who believe. After his death, he was resurrected and appeared to the people for 40 days before ascending to heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is alive today and wants to be in an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. Jesus wants to change our lives for the better. Jesus is so much more than this list of characteristics. If you don't know him very well, it is never too late. If he's calling you to learn more about him, just ask him where you should begin. He's our personal trainer for every area of our life, and he loves to show us the way. For some people, it might start with going to church and reading your Bible. But for others, maybe you just start listening to Christian music or have coffee with a friend that can answer some of your questions. There's no specific path to learning about Christ, but it all starts with a desire to get to know him and asking some really basic questions. I hope you'll come back for the next episode when I introduce hearing from God. Jesus can't be the personal trainer of our lives if we don't know how to listen to his instructions. I'm Paige, and this is The Common Christian Diet. Every day